0: Welcome to The Macro View, Episode 17. You're listening to the number one daily podcast focused on spreading the logic of liberty. I'm your host, Andrew Smith. If the government outright, with general funds, began purchasing stock in companies on the stock market, then turned around and created regulations that hurt that company's competition, or subsidized that company, or granted that company a loan guarantee, someone would call bullshit. If done so plainly, it'd be clear to see that there's corruption going on. In the U.S., other than in wartime, we really haven't seen mass nationalization of industries. While we saw auto and financial bailouts that had semi-nationalization components to them, not too long ago, and a lot of people got pretty upset about it, the bailouts bailouts that occurred in 08 and 09 of the banking, insurance, and auto companies were, in large part, made politically feasible by the entanglement of public employee pension funds and the fear of mass state and city bankruptcies if the value of the companies that these two all-important industries fell to zero. The public employee retirement systems in states and cities throughout the country were already, in many cases, underfunded. After the financial crisis, as Warren Buffett has quipped, when the tide goes out, we get to see who's swimming naked. And many of the pension funds were swimming naked. For the city of Detroit, the financial crisis sent the city into a death spiral, eventually leading to municipal bankruptcy. When you consider how nearly 50% of all pension assets in the U.S. are tied to corporate equity and close to 90% tied to corporate equity and debt, it's no wonder that the relationship between governments at all levels and corporations have gotten so cozy, a little too cozy for most people. According to a report issued by Willis Tower Watson, the top 1000 pension funds had over 780 billion dollars and not according to the that exact same study, but extrapolating those numbers, about 1.5 trillion in total public inve- pension inv- public pension Systems have about $1.5 trillion in total invested in corporate equity. It's about 6.02% of the cumulative value of all publicly traded companies in the U.S. That means that the government owns or governments own, through their pension schemes, enough equity to, if evenly distributed amongst all U.S. public companies, proxy every single publicly listed company in the U.S., this is a very dangerous thing. Governments will not let competitors come in and wipe out the value of the companies that they own in hopes of using that value to fund future public, uh, pitching obligations. Governments will not let these businesses, no matter how poorly managed or obsolete, go out of business without doing everything they can to protect them. The utility companies basically accomplish what all companies want to, and that's a permanent lifeline in the form of subsidies like discussed last night, in the form of regulations like discussed on earlier episodes, and through flat-out bailouts, through state and federal government contracts, and much, much more. This is what these companies do. And every effort possible is taken to make sure that the companies that the governments own are granted the favors needed to ensure that there's no chance of these companies going bankrupt. I know I'm painting a dire picture of mass corruption, but the fact is that it's true. Just because it takes digging past the surface level to discover the sinister nature of some of these favors doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's not like it's some big conspiracy. We all know that these funds exist. Most Americans may have no clue what's actually done with the money, nor do they really care. As long as the pension beneficiaries continue to receive their benefits, no questions are really asked. It's only when a city or state has to default on their pension obligations. Or give pension beneficiaries a haircut, the people raise questions. As long as cities and states make good on their obligations, and as long as the companies they own are protected from disruption, the schemes get to continue to go on as planned. So what do we do about it? How do we end the corrupt nature of the entanglement of government at all levels and private, non-government, supposedly competitive enterprises? I've got a plan, but first, a word from our sponsor. Tired of losing debates to your left leaning friends? Tired of being stumped by the state agenda? Feel you got gypped in school? Head over to macroviewnews.com and click on the link in the top right corner titled Liberty Classroom. You'll find a treasure trove of real history and economics. With well over a hundred hours of lectures from the world's most preeminent libertarian leaders, you'll get the equivalent of a Ph.D. in libertarian thought. Courses include Austrian economics step-by-step, the history of political thought, the history of economic thought, four different U.S. history courses covering it all, a full history of Western civilization, John Maynard Keynes, his system and its fallacies, and much, much more. So head on over to macroviewnews.com and click on the link in the top right corner titled Liberty Classroom. So what do we do to end this entanglement issue? I personally think it's pretty pretty clear. I think government employee defined benefit plans need to be made illegal. Um, I think in a in a free market, there's no way they would exist. Nobody would take that kind of risk. No uh, no nobody no one would take that kind of risk with their their uh, retirement. Allowing the state to manage it or allowing it to be tied to and in, in, in a stateless society to be tied to some you know corporation and the viability of that corporation, em- employees would just choose better uh, if, if, if they had all of the information in a free market, it'd be likely that a lot of these defined benefit plans would just become obsolete. They already have in the private market, states and, and government entities are, are, are the only ones that really offer defined benefit plans anymore. You can find some in the private market, but they're very, very rare. Almost all private retirement benefit plans are defined contribution plans, and government should not be able to own private enterprises directly or indirectly, and they shouldn't have liabilities tied to the value of their ownership in private enterprises. There's just too much conflict of interest, and when those private enterprise assets, the stocks and bonds are what the state relies on to make good on their bloated pension obligations They will result to corruption to make sure that they aren't the next Detroit. Now, before everybody freaks out, I'm not saying that city employees shouldn't have retirement benefits. I just happen to think that defined defined benefit plan for both solvency reasons and the conflict of interest that I'm discussing here tonight is an archaic and irrational and obsolete system, especially as technology makes processes more efficient. And fewer and fewer city employees relative to the beneficiaries are paying into the plans. It puts massive burdens on taxpayers, many of who are trying to save for their own damn retirement and struggling to do so. All government pension obligations should be shifted off the government's balance sheet immediately and shifted into defined contribution plans, like a 401k, in which the control of assets is in the employee, not the employer, not the state's hands. And the possibility of a state or municipal bankruptcy as a result of pension obligations goes to zero. It's a win, win, win. It's a win for the state and city, the plan sponsor. They get to shift the liabilities off their balance sheet, make, making them more flexible to deal with the challenges they face at any given time. It's a win for the employees of the state, who now no longer have to worry about the solvency of the plan sponsor, state or city. And again much greater access to more flexible and customizable uh, retirement plan offerings, it's a win for the taxpayers who no longer have to worry about taxes skyrocketing to cover underfunded pensions. There's really no downside. Just like I explained with Social Security privatization, these pension obligations could be shifted off the, the state and city balance sheets pretty quickly. Those that are currently relying on them can receive lump sums large enough to purchase an equivalent annuity. Those that are entitled to future benefits and are too close to retirement age to be expected to build enough wealth to live off of will receive a prorated lump sum for the annuity uh, to purchase an annuity at retirement that would be somewhat equivalent to what their pension would have paid and will begin contributing to a 401k to make up for the rest those that are far enough away from retirement that they wouldn't be affected by it either way, well, they just are going to have to start contributing to a 401k from now. And once done, I can almost guarantee that governments, with governments out of the business of using private enterprise asset ownership to match their pension assets to their obligations, the level of corruption would take a significant dive. Lob- lobbyists, interest industry executives... They'd have one fewer tool in their negotiation box. No longer could they fearmonger city and state executives and representatives. No longer could they fearmonger the U.S. Congress and Senate into getting favors in the name of stability and maintaining their pension funding status. Don't get me wrong, it's not a silver bullet, but it significantly reduces the amount of egg politicians would have on their face if they just did nothing in the event of a financial crisis that led to a big spike in bankruptcy among private enterprises. In the past, with the conflict of interest, politicians, quote-unquote, had to act. Otherwise, as the politician might say, retirees relying on their municipal or state pension, dedicated public servants that worked hard for these cities and states, will find themselves destitute and impoverished overnight. We just can't let that happen to these people. They'll have emergency loans and grants. They'll have subsidies, new regulations that prop up the biggest in the industry while crushing the small. But if the state doesn't have skin in the game, if the state would re- still remain perfectly solvent, if the retirees for the most part would be fine, unless they made really poor decisions and weren't diversified, rather than you know rather than having all of this corruption, you know, if that were the case, there's a whole lot less reason to bail out a private enterprise. Making government employee-defined benefit plans illegal and replacing them with defined contribution, a.k.a. 401k plans, instead would solve a number of problems. More so than anything, though, it would reduce the incentive to use taxpayer dollars to bail out companies, use government force to prevent competition, or to use government's co-signing power to to give loan guarantees. No longer will politicians be checking with pension trustees to see if it's quote-unquote okay. To let a company go bust. A company going bust will be allowed to fail and go through the proper bankruptcy channels. No longer will politicians have the retired city and state employees as victims to hold up. Corporations will be allowed more so than currently to achieve private gain and to suffer private losses. And individuals won't have to worry about taxes being jacked through the roof to pay for former city and state employees making six-figure pension benefits. In the end... Less cronyism means more competition, more capital investment, more employment, more technological progress, and a greater abundance for everybody. All right, folks, that's all for tonight. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Tune in tomorrow night at 9.30 p.m. Pacific time once again. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Macro View, and follow us on Twitter at The Macro View. If you're not listening to this episode from the show page. You should check it out. Go to macroviewnews.com slash podcast where you can find all the past podcast episodes and you can find episodes as they're released right there on that page. You got a little description. I've also got a blog on macroviewnews.com that you can check out. And share the macro view with your friends and family and help me to spread the logic of liberty. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their evening. Take care and have a wonderful night. You have been listening to The Macro View. Tune in tomorrow night and every weeknight at 9.30 p.m. Pacific Time to help spread the logic of liberty.